0: Hey, what's up guys? This is Carson and this is Slow Club Podcast. And if you're watching this on video, then you now know that we have the Slow Club Podcast YouTube channel. And I invite you to subscribe to that channel as I'm gonna be posting in this coming year, both audio and podcast form, and also video of the podcast on the YouTube channel. So you can check it out there. Well, Happy New Year. It's a new year, it's 2023. And I took some time to write down um, some things that I felt like would be really helpful as we go into this new year to think about as we walk with God and we explore our life uh, together. And so the title of this episode is New Year, Five Ways to Have a Good Year. So I'm going to take some time to just unpack what are some ways that I feel like you can actually have a better year this year than last year. Or maybe just some solid practices that you did some last year that you can continue to do. Um, So we'll start diving in just a second, but I'll read you the intro just to kind of set the stage uh, for what I'm going to talk about. So looking ahead of the year, it can seem like a daunting task to grow and walk in the Lord throughout the year. I put together a list of five ways that I'm seeking to have a good year to grow in the likeness of Jesus and the peace He promises. I hope this encourages you as we are past the very beginning of the new year, as I'm sure you have made New Year's resolutions, or maybe you forgot to make those. (laughs) May this year be a year of the Lord's favor in your life, and as you learn to slow down and live, you discover the depths of love, His love, in the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to open with that just to set the stage and then also talk about something that I think is an important piece when... It comes to unpacking different practices, especially in relation to, you know, looking at an entire year, or maybe you check back in in six months to evaluate. And those two things are, so you have postures and attitudes, um, and then you have practices and what I call intersections. So let me explain what that means. So postures and attitudes, I think most people understand what that is. So throughout our lives, and I've talked about it a lot on Slow Club Podcasts, that uh, throughout our lives, we have many postures that we might take on or attitudes about life. This could be, you know, what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about God, what we believe about others. Uh, there's there's a whole host of things um, that can be connected to that. Uh, but ultimately, we need to check our postures and we need to check our attitudes because that can actually shape how we live and it can certainly shape our mental well-being and our spiritual well-being. And then, if you think about practices and intersections, uh those are you know practices, of course, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, and if you knew the podcast, you know spiritual practices can range from a lot of different things uh but generally, they're sort of classic things you might think of you know, reading scripture, spending time in silence and solitude, taking a retreat, uh learning to pray, things like that uh, but one word that I really like when it comes to describing these things is intersections. So uh, I think uh, oftentimes our, our postures and attitudes, at some point when they meet a, uh, a practice, then they enter in this space of like intersection in our life. Uh, that it's where I think often our postures and attitudes are really tested. Uh, and so those are the two things we're going to unpack. And I've labeled out of these five ways to have a good year Uh, I've labeled them differently based on whether they're a practice or a posture or some of them are sort of a combination of both of those things. So let's start with number one. So number one is something that I know I've talked about before uh, because I'm a little bit of a broken record on this, but I really encourage you to practice this for yourself. So this is a practice and that's to take a holy pause, kind of like what I just did. Take a holy pause in your life. So a holy pause is something that is one to five minutes of a pause to simply practice the presence of God. For some of you who have read, you know, practicing the presence of God by our brother Lawrence, um, it's it's funny, it's actually not a book that I really like a whole lot. <laughs> there's I feel like most people maybe feel that way. Uh but there's a few things in that book that are real interesting. Uh but the holy pause is really taking it's taking one to five minutes just to pause to be silent and that's both internally and you know your activity you know you can't really take a holy pause if you're also working and you know you try to pretend like it, it you know internally or in your mind you're pausing uh, you've got to stop what you're doing and then on top of that um, you're also pausing in your mind to to rest in god and one of the things I've found the most helpful, and in a second I'm going to read um, you something from my own personal rule of life that I actually wrote um, for a class this past semester, is I've found this helpful to take a pause between different activities of life when you're transitioning from one activity to the other, uh, or say from a meeting or whatever it is. Um, so I work full time and so oftentimes I'll have a meeting and then I'll you know go back to working by myself or maybe then I have another meeting, uh, or I'm transitioning to go back home into a whole different sphere of life. And I've found in these times, it's critically important to take a holy pause to really uh, allow yourself to um, not only just gather your mind for mental well-being, but allow um, the Lord to speak to you. So there's times when you know, maybe something happening happened in a meeting that you need to unpack or whatever it is, and taking a holy pause um, or just, you know, you could call it a sacred pause. You could call it just a, you know, just a moment of silence, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's really taking that time to pause. Um, and one of my favorite things to do is taking the Jesus prayer, uh, which is Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Uh, oftentimes if I'm entering a time of holy pause, um, then I'll just say, you know, Lord Jesus, have mercy. And that's a good way to enter a time of pausing is, you know, you actually start with the Jesus prayer. And I want to give a shout out to John Eldridge, um, who some of you all know about. Um, you know, I, I've read his book, Wild at Heart, years and years ago. Um, and it's a little bit of a controversial book, but I really love John Eldridge, and and he's a very reflective guy um, but he talks about this practice of the of the, the pause, um, and he's actually one of the first people that I think I came across that talked about this. Um, he, I think he calls it the one-minute pause, um, that it's really just this, this practice, like I've described, um, that allows us to go throughout our days and I think really helps us to pray without ceasing, because as we check in with our heart, and then we check in with God, then we're always uh, having this space of unpacking emotionally, um, also getting in connection with God so that internally we will be at peace because we're we're walking in the Lord. Um, And it's truly a moment of surrender and embrace of the goodness of God. So I'm just gonna take a second and I'm gonna read, um, this is from my own personal rule of life, uh, specifically on self-examination. And so I'm gonna take some time to just read this, and I hope it helps you to realize, you know, for one thing, as I've shared on Slow Club before, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a master at any of these things. These are, the great thing about spiritual practices and walking with Jesus in general is we're all growing. We're all growing uh, more and more um, every day. And a big comfort to me is actually, if you recall, um, for some of you who know uh, the story of the Gospels, if you watch The Disciples, who walked with Jesus personally and, and and physically as he was here on earth with us before he ascended to heaven, um, they, they too, after that period of time, they continued to mature, you know, on into their life after Jesus um, had ascended to heaven and, and the Holy Spirit came in power later. Um, they continued to mature and grow. And so I think sometimes we have a tendency to elevate spiritual leaders or um, you know, someone we know as as just you know maybe more spiritual than they even really are, uh, but realizing that just work on your own journey, work on your own uh, growth uh, with God, and and you'll see a lot more results that way. So, I'll just start reading. One of the most important practices I've walked in, in in this time is to practice the practice of self-examination. I've found this practice to be continually fruitful but I have not been consistent to examine myself in each day as it passes. Similar to the practice of authenticity in relationships and during the day, self-examination is what I have come to see as a practice of checking in with the self. This practice of self-examination is an adaptation of the daily examine. Rather than only examining myself in the evening time to recall the day that has passed, the practice of self-examination involves pausing throughout the day to check in with the heart. I find this practice is possibly the most critical practice I aim to implement in my rule of life. During my day, I have frequent moments of challenge, sadness, frustration, joy, melancholy. I find that taking a moment to pause and reflect after a meeting, completing a project, switching tasks, or clocking in and clocking out of work provides me space to self-examine and move forward with the day. I typically do not schedule events or meetings back-to-back to to allow time to collect myself and then to move on. I want to continue this practice and incorporate reminders into my day to pause, to examine my heart, and draw my attention to the Lord. On a deeper level, I have found cultivating the practice of self-examination and presence allows me to face difficult situations readily. Not long ago, I had a very intense meeting with a friend of mine, that resulted in uh, this friend greatly patronizing me. In the moment I did not even register this disrespectful conversation, it was only until later I realized the sadness I felt. Part of my desire to better examine my heart each day is to guard my heart. I want to be aware of the conversations before me and be able to respond appropriately with either challenge or agreement. Even after challenging encounters though, I've found that a simple pause can help you know, brush off the moment more easily. A festering wound can only take longer to heal. In addition to moments throughout the day, I will aim to pause. I also want to continue my practice of journaling. I have been in the practice of journaling for about eight years now, and I'm always healthier when I heat up a cup of chamomile tea, grab a blanket, and journal to my heart's content. I hope the practice of journaling is more of a summary of present moments throughout the day than a crash landing of emotions. In the frantic pace of the day, I can often forget to stop, and then by the end of the day, I can see I am full of knots. The Holy Spirit is a, is gentle to guide me during the day if I will have the wisdom to listen. I hope to journal at least every other day in order to maintain a clear rhythm. So there's another, uh, you could say, a, a bonus practice uh, that I've incorporated into uh, this uh, five ways to have a good year. And so now let's move on to number two. Okay, so number two is find the good slash acceptance of God's sovereignty. This is a posture. So I wanted to talk about this because I think we often have a dark view of our world um, in contrast to the holy expectation of God. This is something I struggle with frequently is I can often become cynical or, you know, kind of the doomsday thinker, (laughs) you know, and I think it's good to remember that we need to find the good. I actually had a conversation with a pastor over the phone and he talked about in a really tragic situation that happened nationally that he was looking for what would be good. Um, that that is happening in the world in the midst of this and I was really encouraged by that and I think a lot of it is acceptance of God's sovereign hand over the world and recognizing that there may be an instance of evil there may be a moment of darkness um, but truly the light shines um, greater the cross and the resurrection um, demonstrate this they demonstrate that light shines in the darkness and and for all of time, and I think it, it can sound trite, and for some people, maybe even avoiding it, but if you really think about it, um, as, as a Christian, um, to believe in the cross, to believe in Jesus, to believe in the resurrection, then are, we're making a definitive statement that darkness will never triumph over the light. And so we can have confidence that we can find the good in the midst of a very difficult and challenging world, Um, that often can seem very bleak. But if we really uh, make that a posture of our heart to seek the good in daily life, then I think we can really find it. Um, And this, this requires, I think, recalling the goodness of God and the divine light that exists in the world. You know, God's holy light is shining forth from him throughout the whole world, you know. And even Jesus says to us, um, that uh, he, one, he's the light of the world, and then we are we are the light of the world. Um, that, that as a Christian, as someone who follows Jesus and wants him to dwell in us, then we actually allow ourselves through his light, he shines through us. Um, and that is a beautiful thing because then uh, we can actually be agents of helping others find the good in the world as well. Um, and I would just say this could be um, this is kind of a dual thing. It's it's a posture because I think it's a posture of your heart, but you can make it a, a practice simply to recall that this is a good posture to have. Uh, I know for me, it's easy that, you know, throughout the year or maybe something challenging happens in your life or, you know, especially in this case, it's something dark can happen, something hard, and it's it can be really easy to get discouraged and then lost. And so I think it's important to come back to this and reflect on the goodness of God in the world, um, to be able to continually, you know, accept that God is at work in the world. He's working through us, um, and that there is good in the world, there is beauty, there there is goodness, you know, goodness, beauty, and truth in the world, and we can rejoice in that. So let's move on to number three. So this is a just a standard for any person who wants to walk with God, is to study God's word. And this is, of course, a practice. So, you know, get a Bible if you don't have one, and I guarantee you probably do, um, and study the Word. And so, um, you know, the Bible is full of wisdom for everyday life, and immersion for Christians in the Word of God is essential to grow in faith and love of God. And I've often reflected, you know, why is that? You know, what is it? And I think we may not be able to answer that entirely that I think the Word of God, um, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is really, it's a mystery as much as it teaches us practical things about life, it also is a mystery of how God speaks to us through His Word. Um, so I encourage you to make that a practice in this coming year, and I don't really want to put stipulations on it, because I think for many people it can depend on how familiar you are with Scripture. Some some people are super familiar and they're perfectly fine with reading, you know, hundreds of (laughs) pages of scripture every month. Uh, But there's some that are maybe a little more timid or struggling or just getting started. And so I would encourage you to start small and take your time if you're just beginning. And then sometimes you do just have to make a discipline to continue studying the Word. Um, And one thing I've been using this year is the Bible in one year, which is something many people are very familiar with. It's a known research for walking through the uh, a resource for walking through the Bible over the year with some helpful commentary as you do it um, and and so well actually I was gonna <laughs> I was going pull up my phone and, and show you so this is um this is the Bible in one year so it's a good app. I think it's helpful. I'm on day number four, um, so I didn't get started at the very beginning of the year. Um, but I think it's it's a helpful thing, especially, um, you know, for me, I, I've said before on this podcast about how, you know, it can be distracting to use your phone. But for some reason, I have found with that, especially if you take off like all the distracting apps that you might have on your phone, um, then you can use the Bible in one year to simply supplement what you already do in terms of, you know, maybe reading scripture late at night or whatever. Um, And so I would just encourage you to walk through the scriptures in prayer this coming year because I think that will really help all of us have a better year uh, to know the scriptures and to know God uh, even greater uh, through the scriptures. And then number four, uh, this one is really important, and I believe this is important because of my own struggles with this, and that is to live in love, not fear. So I've often struggled with fear and I've dealt with, you know, fear of the future, fear of, you know, things going on in our country, fear of, you know, things happening to family members, whatever it is. And this is certainly a posture uh, that I would encourage us to, you know, flip around that we need to live in love, not fear. That when we live out of love, we live in this, you know, going back to number two, when we're finding the good, we're discovering that God is at work in the world and that he desires to work through us, that we can actually live in love. And we don't have to be afraid of the future. We don't have to be afraid of even death. We can have this posture and get to love those around us. And what a joy that is. Um, and, and I think this is challenging because the challenge of love in a world that often knows only how to love self. And um, I think that we We often, um, out of fear, we are afraid to be vulnerable to others or to involve ourselves in other people's lives. And that's actually often to our detriment because when we only close in our world and just have ourselves to love, um, then we'll actually experience more fear and struggle. And, of course, love will lead to suffering. Um, It cannot be avoided. Um, And then as a note I put on here, Hate also leads to suffering, but it's a different kind of suffering. So if you're going to suffer, and we all are going to suffer in our life, at least suffer for love. And over this course of this year, 2023, uh, may that be the story that you can tell, is that you you suffered uh, for the sake of love. And then lastly, I would say the only way to really live in love and not fear is to walk in Jesus and his divine life. We, we can't do this on our own. And I think it goes back to reading scripture. It's, there's, these all can be connected and taking a pause is that in order for Jesus to occupy this space in us, this divine life, um, then we need to walk with him daily. We need to have practices like studying the word and taking a pause and allowing the Holy Spirit to fill us. Um, and that, that then, out of that, only then can we really love um, and we can have this posture of love and expectancy of goodness and expectancy um, that love is a blessing in our lives. And then the last one um, that I think is is quite similar to the fourth one, but I wanted to uh, distinguish them uh, for a couple different reasons. A lot of them, of course, these are personal for me, thinking about this coming year, is that love those who are near. So that's one of my favorite ways to understand love your neighbor as yourself, is love those who are near. Um, and this is a practice and a posture, and you could almost connect this one to the fourth point that I made. Um, is that what you know, what are the relationships closest to you? If you're married, it's your spouse, if you're you know living um with your parents, then it's probably your parents or your brothers and sisters. Um if you uh have a roommate, it may be your your roommate, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever it is. Um, you know, what are those relationships closest to you and are those you would want to, or or who are those you would want to build a relationship with? So I think something to think about this coming year is say you look around and your relationship circle is really small and you actually, out of this love, you want to expand that. Maybe there's one person that you could connect with in this coming year and, and just share love this coming year together. Um, celebrate each other, uh, enjoy a deepening relationship with one another and and sharing life uh together. And I think the beautiful thing about this is the ripple effect of love. So, you know, love is something that I think um it's it's quite strange in my experience is that you would think that love um well, to me it happens in a couple of different ways is that certainly we can learn to love others by loving ourselves and accepting ourselves, And then out of that, we're able to love other people. And that, of course, comes from our ability to receive love from God. Uh, but, But another challenge I've found is that sometimes if you're struggling to love yourself, but you are trying to receive from God, that I think still seeking to love others and those people around you, it's amazing how at some point the Lord will use that to speak to you receiving and accepting yourself. I don't think you should love people to the detriment of yourself so much so that um, you know you, you don't take care of yourself, for example. You need to be healthy. Uh, but it's amazing how love just has this sort of effect of it's contagious. Um, and so if we can learn to, to receive love from God and receive it for ourselves, then we have this ripple effect um, throughout our lives, uh, and that's you know can be a challenge. But the, the good news is, if you saturate and there's this this way that love, you know, the kingdom of love is being un, unfolded around you. Um, then you know, I don't think you have to fear. You know, we can all um, be comforted knowing that love is being shared in your household and and your workplace and and the city you live. Uh, but I think it starts often with a ripple effect and being you know again. Live in love, not fear, is that not fearing what other people think, but instead just living in that love and loving those people closest to you. Um, And I would say another helpful thing is to think about confession and authenticity before God first. So it can be easy uh, that if you feel stuck and you're struggling to love yourself, or you're guilty, or you feel ashamed, that having some time to just have that authentic space with God. So maybe take a retreat, take some time to confess where you went wrong. Um, That I think is a critical thing to do in order to um, release yourself, to be able to actually have love in your heart again, let the Holy Spirit fill you. And, you know, oftentimes we hear theologically in sermons, maybe that the Holy Spirit cannot fill someone who is not holy, someone who's not cleansed. And that is quite true. Um, But I also think it's a thing where, um, it's partly about purity. It's partly about holiness. Um, but I also think it's it's also about um, the recognition that we must confess and be authentic before the Lord. And he may not, you know, have as much struggle with you know, sin, of course, because God is able to defeat sin, um, but he wants us to be real as his children. And I think it's kind of what ends up happening when you enter a time of confession and authenticity with God, is you get a dual action happening. Both you're being cleansed in the Holy Spirit, um, but you're also getting this opportunity to just be real with the Lord. And I think some people, they're afraid to approach God because they're always thinking about, oh, God wants me to be pure. I've got to clean myself up. And it's like, no, no, no. God is going to help you to be cleansed and help you um, to be holy. And the best way to do that is just be real and realize he wants to help you. Jesus wants to help you um, and that he is not perturbed by the sin in your life. Um, that's, that's why God came. He came to rescue us and to save us. And so if that, if you feel like that's preventing you from a deeper relationship with God, then take some time to just be honest. And, and maybe some of that honesty isn't even you telling on yourself. Maybe it's just telling God that you're angry about something, or or maybe you're frustrated or confused, like, God, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Um, that I think um, all the authentic Christians I know, and, and if you look at the scriptures, all the authentic, you know, faithful people throughout all of history are people that are authentic with God and God respects that um, and so I think being real with the Lord um, and being real with the Lord in a way I think that has a divine um, element of respect for God as well um you know you're not just going to God to disrespect God and you know <laughs> you know flip him off and like just storm out I don't think it's a thing like that we should still have a reverence um but I think we need to approach him as our father and just just lay it all out on the table you know um and then allowing that uh space of love to return and realizing that God is the best father that you have ever known and will ever know, and could even fathom and um and that he he longs uh for that relationship with us um and so my friends i just want to say cheers to a good year and a good 2023 uh, and and cheers to slow club podcast as we've now got a youtube channel and uh, all the uh, fruit that could come from that hopefully more people uh, being exposed to uh, embracing deeper life with god and learning to slow down and live uh, a good life and so uh, as always if you need to get in touch with me my email is slowoneclub at gmail.com. And until next time, God bless you.